Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Phoenix's Desert Botanical Garden boasts more than a mile of native plants. Every step of the way, you'll find plants that are uniquely attuned for survival in the hot, dry desert. There's even a wildflower loop trail, complete with desert flowers and blooming cacti. If you're a homeowner, there are ways to make your outdoor space look as lush as the botanical gardens. It's through a type of landscaping called xeriscaping. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode. What is xeriscaping and how does it benefit our local environment? Answering today's question is podcast editor Katie O'Connell. Xeriscaping. The word itself comes from the Greek word xeros, meaning dry. Kirti Matura is the Smartscape Program Coordinator at the Maricopa County Cooperative Extension. Here's how she defined it. And it, it's just basically a principle that can be applied anywhere on Earth that will promote water efficiency in a landscape by using plants that are native or are adapted to the conditions in that area. In the valley, that means plants like the mesquite and ironwood trees, saguaros, palo verdes, all of which are native to the desert. One of my favorites is the um, chocolate flower that spring through fall will grace your morning garden with the aroma of sweet chocolate. Uh, just just fabulous plants. And if you're spelling the beginning of the word, it's X-E-R-I, not zero as in the number. That's really important to clarify, as it's not intended to be sparse. It's not supposed to be that there are zero plants. We want people to not have um, bare areas of, you know, gravel and maybe one, you know, lone saguaro but we want them to be able to have just fabulous living, outdoor living spaces. That's not to say that there isn't any turf or grass involved. Kirti said turf can be used in a xeriscaped yard. But they need to be used wisely and only where they will be utilized. Um, If the only feet that ever touch the turf is the person doing maintenance on it, that's that's not xeriscape. So that's the definition of xeriscaping. It's a type of gardening that uses low water, native, or adapted plants. Why would someone who is used to an all-grass Midwestern yard switch to a xeriscaped one? The biggest answer comes down to water, although it's difficult to quantify exactly how much water is saved through xeriscaping. It depends on a couple of different factors like the size of your yard, how many plants you need, which plants you select, and how much water they take to become established. It is known that a plant that is native or conducive to grow here is not going to need as much water as, say, a magnolia tree or roses or tulips and or, you know, other types of uh, things that people would, might bring from the Midwest. That's Warren Tenney. 
He's the executive director for the Arizona Municipal Water Users Association, also known as AMWA. And indeed, the Valley is becoming better at managing its water use. Warren said that our water usage has stabilized despite our growing population. Therefore, it, we have seen overall that um, water use has been pretty consistent, even while we have grown in a population. And that's for many different reasons. Including more efficient dishwashers, washing machines, and low-use plumbing. But one of them is because people are um, adopting low water use um, for their yards. Xeriscaping also benefits the health and beauty of your local environment. There are more than 200 plants you could choose from when creating a xeriscaped yard. Here's Kirti again. With these plants, we can have um, just fabulous texture and form in addition to the incredible color that just thrives here in our extreme conditions. Not only will you be able to enjoy the beauty of your space, but you'll save time as well. You won't have to mow a lawn every weekend or fight to keep it alive during the summer. Sam Draper is the Conservation Efficiency Manager for AMWA. Um, There's a lot of good opportunities to plant like with low water use trees. Trees um, improve not only your physical, but your mental health, and they can make your building up to 20 degrees cooler in the summer. So it's important to be leveraging the tools that the nature and like the natural surroundings have. And you're not the only creature that will benefit from xeriscaping. Our local wildlife will too. You also have the opportunity to bring life to your yard um, with native songbirds, hummingbirds, butterflies, um, other insects and pollinators that are really good for the overall ecosystem um, and add some fun, some fun critters to look at in your yard. If you're sold on xeriscaping, but you're not sure where to start, take comfort in knowing that a lot of the typical gardening advice applies. You'll need to space your plants out properly, That will allow their root systems to develop, giving them a chance to grow to maturity. And you can't overprune them. Pardon the pun here, but if you want to get into the weeds with xeriscaping, here are some more specific hints. Pick plants, not just for their beauty, but for their adaptability. So many people are enamored with the queen palms. Those just are not happy here. We have incredibly challenging soil conditions. And a lot of plants just are not happy here, no matter what you do. Getting rid of your grass won't be easy. In fact, Kirti suggests taking an entire summer to make sure it's gone. Um, Following through whatever process you're utilizing, um, whether it be removing several inches of soil to try to get rid of those deep growing root systems, or if you do choose to use some kind of a chemical treatment, it it takes a while to ensure that it's not gonna come back. And you'll really want to perfect your irrigation game. Kirti suggests finding someone to work with you on installing an irrigation system. Many plants will be arriving from the nursery where they'll be totally pumped with water and fertilizer. 
making sure they've established root systems and that they're being watered properly will be tricky. We always encourage people, most of us are gonna have some trees and some shrubs and some perennials. We really encourage people to have um, what you might refer to as valves, um, irrigation valves for each of those plant types. And if you are gonna have a, a small space of turf, another valve for that. Having a valve for each plant will allow you to water for their individual needs. That's what allows them to not just endure through our summer conditions, but thrive. She also said that it's important to have surface mulch covering the soil between your plants. And the term surface mulch isn't material specific. It includes gravel, rocks, and wood chips. This would have so many benefits. One of the biggest benefits, if you apply your mulch properly a good two inches or three inches thick, that will slow the rate of evaporation of moisture from the soil into the air. It will also help um, limit the germination of weed seeds. It can be a decorative feature in your landscape. As it stands right now, we're pretty locked into the use of gravel as surface mulch in the valley. I, I think it may be derived from people wanting things very, um, you know, manicured and tidy looking. Um, I don't know for sure, but that, that's what, you know, the only thing that I can kind of envision as driving this concept. And Sam said that covering your space entirely with wood chips can be tricky. Um, and there are questions like, why don't we just have parks that are filled with, with the, that kind of traditional organic mulch? Well, if it rains, it'll, it'll float away. But Kirti mentioned that having some organic matter is actually more beneficial for your plants. That organic matter will break down over time and nourish your soil. So if you're wondering what to put down between your plants... There are even uh, landscape designers who are mixing gravel with um, chipped tree material. And, you know, so that people still get that kind of gravel finished look, but there's also, also some organic matter. Hey, Kayla, one last note before I head out. If you want to learn more about xeriscaping, the University of Arizona's Cooperative Extension has a wealth of publications you can reference. They also have horticultural extension agents and master gardener volunteers that are on standby to help with questions. They're just a phone call away. AMWA also has resources. This includes a booklet called Plants for the Arizona Desert that's available for a free download. One of our new resources that we've launched is a text alert service. You'll text when to water to 33222. And on the first of each month, it'll give you an update and reminder to update your irrigation controller so your plants are getting the right amount of water. Thanks so much for that look at our local environment. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then you should check out our episode on why the rain in Arizona smells different. The answer goes back to one native plant in particular. 
That's all for today, listeners. If you have any other gardening questions you'd like us to explore, let us know. You can submit your questions at valley101podcast.azcentral.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at Valley101Pod. I'm Kayla White, signing off for this week.